Welcome to Hope for All Nations, a podcast by Calvary Worship Center Broadcast. We pray that God's word will continue to be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path, and that as you spend time in the presence, you will be abundantly fruitful. So today I'm going to talk about that grace that God gives us to win souls. I call it soul winning grace. We need soul winning grace. And the church needs to rediscover this grace once again. I say we need as a church, when I say a church, I mean the church of God worldwide. We need to rediscover this grace to help us to fulfill our divine mission. In Romans chapter 1 verse 5, Paul talking about this grace, he says, through him we receive grace and apostleship to do what? To call all the Gentiles to the obedience that come from faith for his name's sake. To reach the lost, to reach all nations, we need to receive this grace. And I pray that today, by the end of this message, God will pour his grace upon us to reach the lost. We need to start to have a new agency and burden that we have lost. Yes, indeed, we have lost that burden for sinners, that burden to go to the faraway land, that burden to go where people have not gone. They said there's no place that Coca-Cola has not reached, but we can allow Coca-Cola to be fulfilling its mission. Anywhere that Coca-Cola is, the gospel must be there too. And today I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. I want to stir you up so that we can come back. Come back to that place. You see, I believe you can tell, you can tell where generation is by listening to its preachings and its songs. We've stopped singing about mission. We've stopped preaching about missions. Listen to the top 100 songs and you hardly find one on the burden for the lost. It's hard to find songs that encourages people to reach out. Because we need to rediscover this grace. What was it about the generation past that they would go everywhere to do anything just to bring the gospel to them. We're listening to the hymns. I want to remind you about the hymn by John Wesley. Understanding the concept and our mandate. He says, a charge to keep I have. A God to glorify. And never dying so to save and fit it for the sky. This is what drove them. They, are, they understood that our mission here is two purposes. First and foremost, every child of God, listen to me. We are here first and foremost to glorify God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind. And secondly, we are supposed to reach out to our neighbors. A dying, never dying soul to save. This is what drove 
John Wesley, Charles Wesley, all the great men of God who have gone ahead of us. So today, I want to look at three aspects of this grace. We need to start tapping into this grace. This grace, when it comes upon us, will give us a unique passion. This grace will give us a unique, it comes with a certain power. This grace will come with a certain proof, a certain result. So let's look at this grace. I want to talk about the grace of soul winning that will help us to reach the loss. Let's look at the first one, the passion. I said this grace will give you a certain passion. And I'm going to use today Acts chapter 11 verse 19 to 23 as a test and break this for a bit. There are so many scriptures that talk about mission. Today I want to dwell on this, these few verses. The Bible said, now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed, a great missionary, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. They were going everywhere, spreading the word only among Jews. The Bible says, some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also. They were everywhere. From everywhere to everywhere, taking the gospel to anywhere, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ. What drove the disciples? Despite the persecution, what was driving them? They were going to places that they could acquire diseases and sicknesses, but they went. I remember when when missionaries came to my, my continent in Africa, many of them did not survive because of the malaria, but they kept coming. What was it that drove them? What was it that drives people into frozen places? Places that is minus 40 degrees. What makes them go? The passion. When you receive this grace, you get a certain passion. A certain hunger for the lost. This passion, you, you say, where does it come from? It comes from a deep understanding of the lostness of man. They go because they understand that man is lost without God. Jesus Christ gave a certain parable we know the story of the good Samaritan. I said, man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was going the wrong direction. The world today is going the wrong direction. They may be driving a Mercedes Benz or a BMW, but they are lost. They may be living in a multi billion dollar home, but they are lost. They may look like they've gotten everything that they have, but the Bible says they are lost. They are blinded. I'm talking about the lostness of man. This is what drove them. They knew that their neighbors don't know Jesus. Their city do not know Jesus. Their country do not know Jesus. They understood. And that is why Calvary Worship Center, the moment that we cease to go to nations, we have ceased to exist. 
Because that's our divine mandate. We come from all nations so that we will reach all the nations. Because we understand the lostness of man. Blind. Man cannot think by himself. He doesn't even know that he is lost. Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 15 gave us parables about the lostness of man. He talked about the lost coin. He talked about the lost sheep. And he talked about the, the lost silver. He goes on and on to talk about lostness. Anywhere you turn, there is a lost son. There is a lost sheep. There is a lost silver. Lostness. Man is lost. And until a child of God, you understand that you will not have that passion, that burden for the sinner. The sinner is lost. The sinner that is in your workplace is lost. The sinner that is in Toronto is lost. The sinner that is in Timbuktu is lost. And when you are a child of God, we need the grace to understand the lostness of man. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Jesus, talking through Paul, says, For if the gospel we preach is hidden, it is hidden only from those who are being lost. Do you remember how many times the Bible talks about the lostness of man? He said they do not believe because their minds have been kept in the dark by the evil God of this world. The gospel does not make sense to them. Church does not make sense to them. Worshipping God does not make sense to them because the devil has blinded not their eyes, but their mind. And what that means is that at least when your eyes are, are blind, you can think. But when your mind is blind and your eyes are open, you cannot think. Everything is foolishness. So the gospel that we preach is foolishness to them that are lost. But for us that are saved, Paul says it is the power of God. Men need to experience the power of God. They are lost. And if they don't get to understand the gospel, they will be eternally lost. This is what drove them. This, was, this is the passion that should drive every child of God. This person, if they are not born again, they will be eternally lost. A charge to keep, I have. A God to glorify. And John Wesley and his generation understood. And never dying soul to save. Because when man dies, there is eternity. And this is what brought them to China. This is what brought them to Latin America. This is what brought them to the, the, the frozen places. This is what brought them to Africa. This is what took them to all over the place. Because they know there is a soul that if they don't hear the gospel will be eternally lost. And we need to re rediscover that passion. We need to, we, 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 we need to allow what breaks God's heart to break our heart. 
the lostness. What, is, what drives this passion? Not just the lostness, it's also the love, the love of God. They know without a shadow of doubt that God loves them. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son whosoever believes in him should not perish. I'm telling you that there is a passion that says that God loves them and you and I, we need to go and tell them that Jesus loves them. They don't know that. They are lost. They are depressed. They are broken. They are committing suicide. They are, they are walking in darkness. The Bible says the people that sit in darkness have seen a great light. Tell them that Jesus loves them. Tell them that he cares about them. Tell them that he's crazy about them. Tell them that he came to die for them. When was the last time you did? We need to rediscover a passion for sinners. Understanding that what drives us is a deep understanding of the love of God. This is what drove the Apostle Paul. In fact, when you have time, read the whole of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He was telling us what drives him. The reason for his passion. In fact, here he said, if we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. People were saying, Paul, you are crazy. He said, you don't get it. You don't have the same passion I have. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. And he says, for Christ's love compels us. I am moved by the love of God. Because we are convinced that one died for all. He came and died and gave his life. This is what drives me. Therefore all died. And he, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves. But for him who died for them. And was raised again. This is the passion that should drive us. We need to understand the lostness of man. We need to understand the love of God. Let me give you one more. We also need to understand. You know what? John Wesley, in talking about the love of God, wrote, and like I'm saying, you read to the old hymns. There's no way you can read some of the old hymns and worship songs without being confronted with the, the, the need for missions and the love of God. You could tell what drives a generation by listening to their songs. Most of our songs today are so me-centered, so selfish. I and I and I do this for me, 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 me. We don't understand about the lostness of man. Love of God. Pray, oh God, may you raise new worship. Writers, songwriters, that will bring the church back to its mission. Remind the church that we need to go all places to share your gospel. Say, and can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain, for me who him to death pursued. He said, amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, 
should die for me. He was confronted with the love of God, was compared by the love of God, understood the love of God. And this is what drove him. He said, I want everyone to understand this love, receive this love. And you know something also? Part of the reason, part of their passion, actually, is because they understand also that the laborers are few. They understand that if they don't go, no one will go. They understood that. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, this passion is rooted on the Father. There are not a, a lot of people doing this. And God is calling for the few. And I pray today that you be one of the few. That God will raise to start with your neighborhood and get to the nations. So Jesus went through all the towns and villages. He had a burden for the loss. Went everywhere. These days, people, even when they go, they want to go to cities and towns. Nobody wants to go to the villages. Because it's tough. I'm here to tell you, Jesus went to the towns and to the villages. He went everywhere. Teaching in their synagogues. Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them. This is what drove him. Love. May we have the love of God. We need a baptism of the love of God afresh on us. And the grace that God gives us will give us that passion. If you don't love sinners, you cannot reach out to sinners. Because they were harassed and helpless. They were lost. They may look okay. They may dress in a nice suit. But when Jesus saw them, I want to ask you, child of God, when you see sinners, what do you see? See people dressed in nice clothing, riding beautiful vehicles, look happy. Or you see people who are harassed and helpless. See what Jesus sees and you will be driven. May we get the eyes of the Messiah, the Redeemer. What do you see when you see neighbor, sinners in your neighborhood? Sinners in your city? Sinners across the world? When you turn on to the, onto the television and you look at how helpless people are, do you see the same way Jesus sees? Like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. Workers are few. Oh, the workers are few. Let's do something about it. Let's enter into prayer. Pray. That the master will send our workers into the harvest field. We need to intercede. because they, Why are the workers few? There are billions of believers across the world. Where are the workers few? Please, can you tell me why are the workers few? I think one of the reasons is because of apathy. We just, just don't care. We know sinners are dying. We don't care. 
I also believe part of the reason that we are very selfish. We are so focused on ourselves. What I want. I watch these days how the church has become so selfish. Our prayers so selfish. Our preaching so selfish. Everything about your miracle. God will do this for you, for you, for you, for you. Why have we stopped preaching about the otherness of man? Have we forgotten that church is not about us? That God tells us, love God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and love your neighbor. Where is love for self? And yet that is the very thing the church in the 20th century is focused on, self-love. We have forsaken our mandate. We have run away from our mission. Workers are few. Because we are so heavily minded, we have become so materialistic. And as a result, we are becoming so intimidated. We have forgotten that we are going somewhere. We have forgotten that this world is not our home. We need to come back. I'm talking about the passion for this grace that God wants to give us. This soul winning grace will give you such, such a heart. A passion for the lostness of man, for the love of God, and a passion to understand that the laborers are few. If I'm not going, nobody's going. I pray that God will make you to be part of the few. I told you a story not long ago. I went, I was doing, we were doing some missions in Africa, and an old pastor came to me and said, Pastor, I, I wish I could invite you to my church, but I, I know you wouldn't come. It's a very, very, it's in a very remote part of the, of the place, of the city. And even vehicles don't go there. But you know what? I, I, I want you to just pray. pray. Pray for me that God will give me grace and anointing to preach the gospel to the place. And I prayed for him. And as I turned around, God said, I want you to go. I pretend I didn't hear God say, Go. Then God reminded me about this passage I shared with you. He said, remember, I went to the town and the villages. If you are not ready to go into the villages, you are not worthy of me. I turned around immediately and I told the young man, you know what? I really don't want to go, but God is convicted me. I'm coming. He started to cry. Started to cry. So I'll come. I'll come this week. And we went. And it's a very remote place. The vehicle stopped somewhere and... I never, I lived in that country. I never knew that a place like this existed. Had to walk to the places. Finally, we came to this shack that is supposed to be a sanctuary with chicken things running all around. And with a makeshift drumstick, uh, with drum, a makeshift guitar. And I was, I was sitting there, I started to confess my sins. I said, God, forgive me. I believe I preached the message I've never preached in my life. And when they were finished, they took an offering. How am I going to take this offering? And the pastor said, no. God said, we should take an offering. I said, I cannot take the offering. Finally, they insisted. I took the offering. I said, I want to sow it back. It wasn't much. I'm telling you, maybe equivalent of $5. The whole church. Towns and villages. The passion of this grace. I want to quickly talk to you about the power of this grace. This grace not only, only comes with a certain passion. It comes with a certain power. 
let me go back to my test. These people start going everywhere, preaching everywhere. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also. Watch this. Look at the power. Telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ. The hand of the Lord was with them. As you go, you are not going alone. Pastor, what do I say? The Holy Spirit will give you the words. As you go, Jesus said, do not worry about what we are going to say. Just be ready with the preparation of the gospel. Put on your shoes and say, God, I am here. All that God is looking for are willing hearts and ready spirits, and he will use you. You need to say, God, if you can use anything, you can use me, Lord. God will use you. And he will go with you, and he will give you what to say. The first thing you will understand that God will make you a powerful witness. Look at the disciples. They were powerful witness. Acts chapter 4, verse 33. When that grace come upon you, you become a powerful witness. The Bible says, with great power. This grace comes with a certain power. With great power, the apostle gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And watch it, and great grace was upon them. This is what grace does. Give you power. Power to speak the word of God with confidence and boldness. Peter was very timid, fearful until the upper room when he experienced a certain grace. And on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says he stood up and preached the best sermon of his life. Say, men and brethren, listen to this. There were over 3,000 people there, but he was not intimidated. This was the same Peter, few days ago, lied when he was confronted by a small girl to be a witness. He said, no, I can't be a witness. I didn't know Jesus. Until certain grace came upon him. And all of a sudden, he's too tall. Nobody said, Peter, you, you, you need to preach. Nobody said, Peter, take the microphone. He couldn't resist it. He said, we cannot but speak what we have seen. Oh, we have heard. That's grace. Grace is what gives you ability to speak the word and bring conviction to the hearts of people. The Bible said when he had finished preaching, their hearts were cut. That's power. God will give you a special ability as you witness. God will begin to work in the hearts of men. Bible said when Stephen began to preach, their hearts were cut. What is this cutting? It's called conviction. You go. You be ready. You don't need to know the whole Bible to go. The woman at the well didn't even know John 3, 16. But all that she, she had was a testimony. And for you, that is all that you may need. A testimony. Come and see a man. Come and meet this man. Come and meet the Messiah. That's all that you might need. And God would take it from there. I want to tell you, the power to witness and also the power to do wonders. When you are going, he promises us, as we go, signs and wonders. Brothers and sisters, this grace comes with a specific power to witness and to do the wonders of God. 
Let me share something with you. Watch this. Acts chapter 6. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem. And many of the Jewish priests were converted too. Stephen, a man full of grace. That's what we need. Full of grace. This is what made him an evangelist. Full of grace and power. Performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. Oh God, give us grace. God is looking for men and women who will be full of grace. And do the powerful things. Oh God, fill me with your grace. To reach the lost. And as I reach the lost, you will work signs and wonders. Are you still with me? I am talking about the grace of soul winning. It comes with a certain passion for the lost. A certain passion to understand the love of God. And to understand that the laborers are few. It amazes me this whole motif of few. Because God does not need a large crowd to turn the city upside down. He needs a few. Paul and Silas, they were just a few, two of them. They turned the city right upside down. Great missionaries have been to places and they've turned the place upside down. God does not need crowd. He just needs a few. He told Gideon, I don't need a crowd. I just need a few to do my work. Let me conclude. We've talked about the, the passion of this grace. We've talked about the power of this grace. Give us the power to witness and do wonders. Can, we, can you come with me and let me, let's look at the proof. As you go, this grace has got its own results. Let, let's look at the final verses of Acts chapter 11. Some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene who when they had come to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. That's the power of God. Now watch the proof. And a great number believe and tend to the Lord. When God says the harvest is great, he means it. Brothers and sisters, people are more ready than you think. Peter preached 3,000 people. The following few days, another 5,000 people come into Christ. Acts chapter 5 verse 14. Anywhere you read in the book of Acts, you hear about multitude, 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 multitude. The harvest is great. As you go out there, God is the one that will touch hearts. And believers were increasingly added to the church. Multitudes of both men and women. This is what the grace of God will produce. There was one time Paul went into a city. I believe it was in Ephesus. I could be wrong. But anyway, he was in this city and he's preached for almost a year and a half. And it doesn't seem like there were results. 
And then the Bible says that Paul started to pack his things and leave. And God gave him a vision. He said, stay here. And the King James says, for I have much people in this land. It may look like the ground is hard. Much people. 30 years ago, some of you were, may have already been here. When we came to the city of Vancouver, there were only 2% of the population that were going to church. Looked like nobody was interested in God. You could be wrong. When you saw the apostle Paul on the road to Damascus with fire proceeding out of his mouth to kill believers, you would think that he's not ready. You could be wrong. Paul was more ready than you think. I said people are more ready than you think. The harvest is ripe. When you saw the woman at the well with Jesus, you would think that this one is a gun case. This one, nobody can convert her. Even her response to Jesus felt like this is lost. But at the end of the conversation, she left a water pot, went to the villages and became an evangelist. I said, people are more ready than you think. So Jesus said, I want to end here with this verse, John chapter 4, 35. Come with me, worship him. Jesus said, now this is an instruction for every one of us, to you and also to me. I pray that you take this to heart. Jesus said, do you not say? Please, you can say everything, but don't say this. There are still four months and then comes to the harvest. Say, you are missing it. Say, behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes. You are too focused on the ground and the here. Church, you are too focused here. Lift your eyes up. Let us begin to see what Jesus sees. When you hear about an earthquake, when you hear about the, the virus killing people, what comes into your mind? Do you think about the eternal lostness of man? Lift your eyes up. If there is a time that people need to hear the gospel than any other time, it is now in this pandemic. If there is a time that people were ever ready to hear the gospel, it is now. Lift your eyes up. We are too focused on the here and now. God is saying, lift your eyes up and look. Behold, I say to you, lift your eyes up and look at the fields for they are already white for harvest. It's ready. Are we going to let the harvest go rotten? If God says they are ready, then child of God, they are ready. What are you going to do about it? Now, I'm not talking about look at your Wife or husband, your friends. I mean, you are, you are watching me right now. I am talking to you. God is asking me to ask you, what are you going to do about it? The harvest is ripe. I want you to stand up wherever you are in your homes. If you are driving, just park your car for a second, please. Because God needs to speak to you. 
You need to make a decision. Some of you hearing my voice right now today, God is calling you to a faraway land. Why are you settled? You got married. God called you for missions. You got married. You bought a condo. You had kids. You have forgotten about the destiny of the lost. What is happening to you? Some of you, God is not calling you to the faraway land. God is calling you into your immediate neighborhood. Into your school. Into your workplaces. Even in in the gym. In the bus. Wherever you are, God is calling you. You know, when I was growing up, it's not, it, it has not been many, many years ago. Not many years ago. It has not been long. Everywhere I turn, somebody is sharing the gospel with me. Somebody's giving me a gospel track. This day, nobody does it anymore. Father, forgive us of our selfishness. Will you allow God to come into your life? Will you renew your heart? Where is your burden? Say, God, I need this grace to have a burden for sinners. Because I don't really care about sinners. Really, I I am sure that if you will be brutally honest about, about this fact, most of us, we don't care about the lostness of sinners. We are focused about ourselves. We want to go to church. We want to go to church. We want to go to church. When is church going to open? But what about the lost person? Can you reach out on your Facebook? What do you use your platforms for? Do you share the gospel? Do you tell sinners that Jesus loves them? That Jesus loves them? That he loves them? He's crazy about them? Or you just show all your selfish selfies? And it's all about you on Facebook or on your Instagram. When I come into your Instagram account, will I feel the burden for sinners? When I browse through your Facebook account, will I have the heart, understand your heart for the ever dying soul to save? Or it's all about yourself. Look at me. Look at my picture. Look at where I went. Look at what I'm eating. Look at what I'm exercising. Why is it about you? God, forgive us, forgive us. Wherever you are, say, God, have mercy. Father, begin with me. I have not had a burden the way I should have a burden. I meet sinners all the time in different places. Father, even a couple of weeks ago when my car was at a repair shop, I should have, there was opportunity and I, I passed it by. Because I was thinking this is a pandemic, nobody wants to be, and I was wrong. Forgive me, oh God, regarding opportunities that I have missed to share your gospel. Either because I was intimidated or I was fearful. Father, forgive me. You need to ask yourself, God, where are you sending me? Is it sending you to Toronto or it's sending you to Timbuktu? God is looking for people who will go to the faraway places. If, if this is you, dedicate your life to God and say, God, I'm ready. If you open the door, I will go. If God is sending you to your neighborhood, say, God, I am ready. If you open the door, I will share the gospel. 
Let me put on the shoes of the preparation of the gospel. Father, I want to leave my house every day thinking about the lostness of man. I'm going to ask the worship team to sing. And you don't need to sing. The singing is supposed to just create an atmosphere for us as we press in into God. Some of you may simply just need to pray. Simply need to pray right now. You know what? Maybe we should do that in a second. Lift up your voice and begin to pray before we sing. Begin to pray right now and say, God, I need you. I need you. I need you. Touch my heart. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Hope for All Nations, a Calvary Worship Center podcast. We pray that God's word will continue to be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path, and that as you spend time in his presence, you will be abundantly fruitful. You are also most welcome to join us for our in-person worship services. If you are in Western Canada, we have locations in Surrey, BC and U.S. Minster, BC as well as Calgary, Alberta. In Washington State, we have a location in Bellingham and a location in Ghana. You can find out more information at calvaryonline.ca. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.